0: think I could watch The Office on repeat for the rest of my life. I seriously think I could go ahead and just start it right now. We got them on iTunes. Watched it so much, we just went ahead and bought it. I could just watch through it over and over again. Freaking hilarious. Hello, everybody. This is Keith. Welcome back to Current Speak Unleashed, here for Tuesday, January 30th. 2024, can you believe, we're already at the end of January. We are literally 112th through 2024 already. How is that even possible? I don't know. But it's all set. It's all set. Super Bowl 58. It's coming in two weeks. Teams are set. And whoop de doo how exciting this one's going to be. The same old Kansas City Chiefs bringing their Travis Kelsey Taylor Swift Jason Kelsey shirtless show. And finally, the San Francisco 49ers get over that hump, and they make it. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. I almost fell asleep. This one is billed as the Super Bowl nobody wanted. I mean, who outside of Missouri and Northern California really care? I don't. I could care. I couldn't care any less than I do now. Yes, I'll watch it. We always have a Super Bowl party. We watch, you know, just kind of half pay attention to the game. Watch it for the commercials, of course. Uh, And, of course, the fact it's the last NFL game until August, or the last true NFL game until September. So I'll watch it. I do like the NFL. I enjoy the game of football. I I think, like everybody else, I was hoping for Ravens-Lions, and then I was hoping for the Lions to win. I'm a, well, I don't want to say loyal, but I've been a Texas Rangers baseball fan my entire life. As a little child, I remember my parents taking me out to to see them play. And, um, you know, after all these years of, of never having a championship team, now I've been fortunate to say in this Dallas-Fort Worth area, I have been alive to see all four of the major sports teams win the championship. Cowboys won Super Bowls in the 90s. The um, Stars won the Stanley Cup in 99. The Mavericks won the NBA championship. I don't remember what year because I'm not a big basketball basketball fan. And then finally, finally, after two failed trips to the World Series, the Texas Rangers bring home the championship this past fall. And it was nice to finally say, hey, the Texas Rangers are champions. Again, I'm not a crazy sports fan, but it was nice to see. I've, I've always for them and I really wanted to see the Detroit Lions get to and win their first Super Bowl. but it's not to be. Anyway, ultimately I don't really care. I mean I like sports for the entertainment value but I don't get overly wrapped up in it. And when you think about it, sports fans are stupid. honestly. professional sports fans are stupid. Die hard fans they're just really nuts when you think about it. I recently, uh, it was after the, the NFC Championship game, actually, Sunday night, saw a post on Twitter, X, from a retired professional athlete who said this, "'Unless you're a player in the game, "'I've never understood how you allow your entire week "'to be ruined because of your disappointment "'in players that don't know you exist. "'Do you live vicariously through them, "'or do you actually feel like a part of the team?' Either way, it's mental, end quote. And you know what? Absolutely true. Me, in my my teens and 20s, as a diehard fanatic Dallas Cowboys fan, my week literally rose and fell based on how the Cowboys did. I'm not kidding. It got to the point to where I had to actually record, and this was, you know, in the 90s, so I was recording on a VHS tape, I had to record games on Sunday afternoons because I just couldn't handle the emotion and the the strain and the real anger and frustration if they lost. So I would wait, find out what the score was, if the Cowboys won, Sunday night I would pop in the VHS tape, I'd watch the game relaxing knowing what the outcome was going to be. If they lost, I just recorded over it the next week. So I was that way. My week was ruined. Like this athlete said, and the funny thing is, and my wife used to tell me, she goes, what do you care? We got married in our early 20s. She goes, it doesn't affect your life. And literally, I would have to run on Monday morning and buy a a newspaper, for those of you that know what that is, so I could seek comfort from the sports page. I just want to hear what the players and the coach say that are going to give me comfort and, and and assure me that next week will be better. That's true. Now fortunately the Cowboys were winners in the 90s so I had more um, more happy days than sad ones or angry ones or more more happy weeks but um, yeah truth is it has no effect on my life. Think about it. why do I care? at this point, I still watch sports for the entertainment value. I still enjoy a good back and forth game. But if the team if the team I'm rooting for loses, I don't care. I don't lose any sleep over it. I really wanted to see the Detroit Lions go to the Super Bowl, but when they lost and the way they lost after being up big at halftime, I just thought, well, "Okay, well, that's the way the game's that's the way it goes. Too bad for you guys. Click, turn it off, go to bed." These guys get paid no matter what. You realize that? They may be upset that they lost, but come next week, that big fat paycheck is going right into their bank account, and most of these guys are friends with with the players on the other team, and they're hanging out after the game. I mean, they're they're cool with it. So why is my week or my night ruined because of that? So yeah, sports fans are kind of stupid. In fact, I have decided in... in, uh, in most sports, I don't even I don't even have an NFL team. I don't. I mean, grew up a Cowboys fan. I'll still watch them and see how they do. But if they win, cool. If they lose, don't care. And you know, here lately, I've not cared quite a bit, especially when it comes to playoff time. But I've decided, you know, I'm gonna have the same loyalty as players in sports. Seriously, you know, they talk about needing the fans behind them. Come on, we're excited. We wanna we wanna win this for for this city. You know what? What happens at the end of their contract when they get a bigger offer from another city? All of a sudden, they don't care about your city anymore. They don't care about your team anymore. Their goal is to beat your team. Their loyalty is for sale. And you know what? I get it. I get it. It's their job. I don't I don't begrudge them the money they make because, especially in the NFL, your career is very short because of how taxing it is on your body. If I, If I were going to be a professional athlete, I'd be a professional golfer. You know how long you can play that game and make real money and not have to take hits? But anyway... I've decided that my loyalty will be, hey, if there's a team out there that wants to pay me to wear their jersey, pay me to cheer for them, then then I'll do it. Give me some money. Give me the jersey. I'll wear it. I'll turn on the TV, and I'll cheer for you. Other than that, I'm not invested. I'm just a, a person who likes the entertainment value of it, win or lose, don't care, just want to see a good game. So, sports fans, get over it. Especially you real fans, Lions fans, real fans, Ravens fans, get over it, move on, it doesn't affect your life, relax, and I love these fans that get into it so much that they talk trash, and I'm not talking about fun trash, fun trash is fun, I'm talking about mean trash, I love the uh, the ones, and again, I used to get wrapped up in this many, many years ago, the ones that'll say things like, we kicked y'all's asses, oh yeah, seriously? Last nobody nobody kicked my ass uh, last time I checked because I wasn't out there playing. Doesn't affect me. And come to think of it, who is we? I don't remember seeing you out there playing either. So what's that all about? It's just stupid. It gets dumb. So guys, if if <laughs> if you're that kind of a sports fan, get over it. Really, watch it for fun. If you want to have a team, that's cool. But realize these players are working a job, earning a paycheck, and making a living. Their loyalties for sale. Just enjoy the fun, the entertainment value of it, and uh, and move on. Let's talk a little uh, television. Yeah, um, last week I mentioned Lawman Bass Reeves. Well, I was laid up this past weekend with a foot injury. Yeah, I dropped a uh, plate, a weight plate, on my foot, and I thought I broke it. Went to the ER Friday night, but I did not break it. It was, uh, it was just, it's still pretty purple, but I can walk on it again, and, and it's it's pretty good. Went to the grocery store on on crutches and actually rode the little little uh, scooter around the grocery store while my wife shopped. So that was fun. That was embarrassing, but anyway, while I was laid up on Saturday, I got to do a lot of catching up on TV, and I finally finished Lawman Bass Reeves on Paramount Plus, and I liked it. I love a good Western. Westerns are one of my favorite genre of, uh, of uh, movies and TV shows. My favorite Western of all time is Tombstone. Still love that one. Still watch that one. But uh, but it's it's one of my favorites. And, and law, Lawman Bass Reeves did not disappoint. I did not know about Bass Reeves. So the fact that they made this TV show um, was really good. It was educational. And I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. And so it's over, though. And in an interview with David Oyelowo, Oyelowo let me say it right, Oyelowo, um, he even said that that was going to be the that was going to be it for for the Bass Reeves story. So I found this article on Esquire about uh, it says Lawman Bass Reeves season two everything we know so far. And it says, Bass Reeves rode into town on a Sunday in November, stayed for eight episodes, and left town this past Sunday. Okay, obviously this article was from Dece- in the middle of December. It said, so how uh, how did he do it? It said, well, actor David O'Leo, Ola- Ola- man, I can't even say his name, yellow O, o- fought to get the famous lawman story told. And he said, I've been trying to get this one made for eight years now. And he told them last summer, I I have Taylor Sheridan to thank for rejuvenating this Western. And of course, it was good. It was the work of Taylor Sheridan, the Yellowstone creator. So you knew it was going to probably be pretty good since Yellowstone is so good. Uh, Anyway, if you haven't seen it, lawman Bass Reeves follows a story of a real life lawman from the late 1800s who escaped slavery, became the first deputy US marshal west of the Mississippi River. He was also partial inspiration for the Lone Ranger and was well-known for reportedly arresting over 3,000 outlaws during his time in the service. Also starred Donald Sutherland as Fort Smith's Hanging Judge Parker and Dennis Quaid as fellow Marshal Cheryl Lynn. The two-episode uh, premiere garnered over 7.5 million viewers on Paramount+, Plus, setting a record for the most-watched series premiere on the streamer this year. Speaking uh, 2023. Anyway, the series has yet to be renewed as of this article and last week's final episode most likely marked the end of the road for Bass Reeves. However, it looks like there is a possibility, and I kind of thought this when I saw the name of this series, titled. it wasn't just titled Bass Reeves, it was titled Lawman colon Bass Reeves, and I thought, could this be a series that every year or every season focuses on a different lawman? So it says the idea going forward in this article is to have other lawmen in history whose stories should be told, who haven't been told, to have the opportunity to tell these stories. That's what David Oyelowo told Hollywood Reporter last month. He goes, I think there's a feeling which I very much resonate with, that there's a real potency and interest in telling stories of this nature about those who, for whatever reason, fell out of history unjustly. He said, I'm a producer on those going forward, so the idea is to keep the good work going. In another interview with Entertainment Weekly, O'Yellowo also stressed that it felt right to put a button to the Bass Reeves story. And He says, someday, maybe, we'll get to the story of Wild Bill Hickok and his famous dead man's hand. No promises, it's just a personal favorite of mine, he said. So, um... The creator of Lawman Bass Reeves, Chad Feehan, also confirmed to Collider that should there be an appetite for a different lawman, I'm excited by that opportunity. So fans, if you liked this show as I did, have hope because it looks like we might get to see more of this production, more of these westerns about these famous lawmen. Now, I suppose it doesn't have to be westerns. Suppose we could get into the gangster era, the, 20, the the 20s, you know, the 1920s and prohibition era gangsters and maybe of course Elliot Ness is a famous lawman, but maybe we'll hear some others. I don't know. I just like the idea of this series continuing to go on. Now, another show that I was able to finish, I mentioned last week I was watching Silo. I finished the last two episodes and I loved it. We finally got a bit of an answer on the big question in this season. Spoiler alert, if you haven't watched it, if you want to watch it, if you're in the process, I'm going to spoil the last episode here. The question all along has been whether or not what the camera was showing, which was a desolate, toxic outside that killed Sheriff Houston, also played by David Oyelowo, I might have mentioned, and his wife, whose bodies are laying at the bottom of the hill, or, or is it a green, beautiful landscape with birds, lush trees, and grass, and clean, breathable air. Because if you remember in one of the episodes, there was a glitch on the, the camera, and it shifted to a green, beautiful outside, blue sky, and birds flying. Just briefly, it switched back, and it made the viewer wonder, hmm, are, is somebody, this judicial or whoever, somebody who's in control, are they Running a scam here? Are they actually lying and to the, to the ten thousand people who occupy the silo just to maintain control over them and keep them in the silo, and not letting them know that it's really uh, wonderful, lush, green, and healthy outside? Which honestly, that's what I thought. I thought this was this was how dark this judicial organization was, led by um, Common as uh, Sims. And then we later find out that Tim Robbins, the mayor, was was involved as well, that they were just trying to keep their thumb on the people and exercise control and not let them know that actually outside was beautiful, livable, and far more appealing than it would be in the silo. Well, we found our answer. I was mistaken. The truth is, it's actually desolate, dangerous, and toxic outside. We did find our answer as well as why Houston and his wife died. They went out, the toxic air finally penetrated their suit, and they died. And we found out why, because the tape, the heat tape that was being used to seal those suits was not uh, the proper strength of the pro- proper kind. It also explained why the people who were sent out actually... Uh, uh, why they actually chose to clean the camera as opposed to ignore it, because remember, they said everybody says they're not going to clean the camera, but every time they did. Why? Well, we found out that at the end of this season, Juliet Nichols, played by Rachel Ferguson, or Rebecca Ferguson, was sent outside and she survived. It was discovered that the masks inside the helmets was manipulating what they were seeing. And so when people went outside, a screen was manipulating inside their mask, showing them beautiful, green, lush landscape with blue skies, clean air, flying birds, and a wonderful place to be. So people would go outside and see that and think, I've got to clean this camera. Maybe if I clean it good enough, they'll see what I'm seeing and then they would shortly die as the air penetrated their suit. Well, that did not happen to Juliet because her friends down in Mechanical were able to smuggle her, or her friend was able to smuggle her the proper tape that sealed her suit. She went outside, she saw the fake scene, and then as she bent down to place the badge on Sheriff Holston on his body, she put her hand through what she realized was just a hologram, an illusion, a computer a computer-generated form, and realized that that was actually a scam that she was being shown in the helmet. But because the tape was on, she walks on over the hill, and all of a sudden what you see is what appears to be the uh, area of multiple silos and then a desolate, destroyed city off in the future. So do we have a bunch more silos? I don't know. It looks like it. And the only question I have is how long will Juliet survive, even with the good tape? How long will her suit survive? How long will the oxygen hold out? We just don't know. But I like the show so much that I decided to read the book series. The books are written by author Hugh Howey, and it's a three-book series simply titled Wool, the first book, Shift is the second book, and Dust is the third book. So I have just begun reading Wool And I am looking forward to seeing where this goes. And oh yeah, Silo Season 2 is coming. But like I said last time, it looks like it's going to be much later this year, if not the beginning of 2025. So we may have a bit of a wait. I'm going to go ahead and read these books because I just can't wait anymore. And finally on the TV film segment here, I also watched the latest Mission Impossible film while I was laid up on Saturday. Dead Reckoning Part 1. Excuse me. I'm going to get a drink here. Dead Reckoning Part 1. I was a bit disappointed. This is... um, I I like the Mission Impossible series. I enjoy them. But they're becoming a a major trope. For one thing, you know every time you're going to see what me and my wife call the Tom Cruise run. And I, I refer that back to the movie The Firm, one of my favorite movies of all time. A very young Tom Cruise does his run chasing... Uh, his wife down the street, and then he's running from the bad guys later in the movie. But he does that that Tom Cruise run. I don't know how else I can describe it. Arms swaying back and forth, almost ov- overly, but uh, upright stance. That You're going to see that in every episode or every uh, film. You're also going to see him on a motorcycle at some point. We get it on this one. You're going to see a lot of dramatic car chases. We get it on this one. And you're going to see some crazy cliffhanger CGI bits. And on this one, we saw, the, of course, the train cars constantly going over the edge of the, the broken bridge as they're trying to climb up through the cars and, and make it to safety. You know what, it's fun. It is. It's a lot of fun, but I told my wife while we're watching it, I said, even though this is fun, it's action it's an action packed ride while playing four D chess, I did not like the storyline this time. I don't care for the AI computer virus called the entity that's taking over and running everything. That's I don't know. I just I did, I don't enjoy that. I don't enjoy that that angle. I know AI is the rage right now, but um, it just got to be to me to be an unbelievable point. And I know you're saying, okay, it's always an unbelievable point. Every episode is 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 on the edge of the unbelievable and how how deep it runs. How this 40 chess, how how deep it goes and how far ahead they have to be. Yeah, I know technically, yeah, they're all unbelievable. Uh, I just the AI thing. That's the part I didn't like. I've heard rumors that there may not be a part two. Obviously, they set it up for a part two because now they got to go find that submarine, sunken submarine. But um, I haven't heard any news on when it's coming out, so we'll just stay tuned for that. And yeah, I watch it. I've watched them all. I en- I enjoy them. I do. It's a fun. It's a fun ride. It's just a fun escape of unreality. But this one, just with the computer thing, w- wasn't um, wasn't my favorite. <music> Okay, this week's stupid news. You're going to love this. YouTuber accused topping 150 miles per hour on his motorcycle on Colorado Interstate wanted on multiple charges. What's the best way to get a conviction of a crime? If, If you're a prosecutor, you're the detective, you're trying to get a conviction, what would be the best way to nail that thing shut? Catch the suspect on surveillance video, on some kind of video, committing the act. Well, more and more we have these idiots that are thriving for attention online, on YouTube, catching themselves. I mean, literally, basically doing all the detective work for the police to bust themselves. This is from uh, Denver, dated January 24th. A motorcyclist who authorities say posted a video of himself on YouTube Speeding from Colorado Springs to the Denver metro area on Interstate 25 in 20 minutes. A trip that typically takes about an hour is wanted on multiple charges. I've The last two summers, we've vacationed in Colorado Springs, and we've made that trip. Gone, this past uh, August, we drove from Colorado Springs to Denver. And uh, yeah, that's not a 20-minute drive. That was at least an hour, at least an hour. This guy did it in 20 minutes. Rendon Deitzman, a 32-year-old from Texas, of course he had to be from Texas, recorded himself September 28th going more than 150 miles per hour, squeezing through small gaps in traffic, and traveling on the shoulder, according to a Colorado State Patrol news release sent Wednesday. The video has since been deleted from YouTube, but the State Patrol shared a clip with the news release. Deitzman, who is known as Gixer or Gixer Bra on YouTube, has posted multiple similar videos from different parts of the country. So, Mr. Deitzman is now wanted on charges of menacing, engaging in a speed contest, reckless endangerment, reckless driving, speeding 40 miles per hour over the limit, engaging in an exhibition of speed, and driving without license plates attached. State Patrol Sergeant Troy Kessler said, This is an extreme example, but a, sadly, a real one. If you drive like this, you can expect to be arrested when you're located. This is the best outcome for a person who drives violently, since the smallest mistake could result in his death or that of an innocent person in the area. So the State Patrol of Colorado coordinated with the Dallas Police Department here in Texas, not far from me, so great Mr. Deitzman is close by and is probably a neighbor. And the El Paso County District Attorney's Office in Colorado to identify the rider, and his hometown was not released. Investigators say numerous drivers and online viewers contacted uh, the Colorado State. State patrol about this instrument or in, about this incident. So, uh, Mr. Deitzman, good job, dumbass. I hope you get caught. I hope you pay the ultimate price. I hope they throw the book at you and you do some jail time for this. Cause number one, you're an idiot. Uh, number two, you're a stupid idiot because you recorded yourself being an idiot. So congratulations, dude. Um, all I can say is good luck to you. I mean, I, I have no uh, no sympathy, dude. All right, finally, I'm going to end with a little bit of tech news. Uh, this is from Wired Magazine. Saw this last week, and this is going to be for iPhone people. And if you're Android, I apologize. I use iPhones, iPads. I'm an iOS guy, so this, this article when I was reading it last week uh, was particularly of interest to me. And it should be of interest to you. It's a security issue. I've done this. I've made sure my wife has done this. So I'm letting you know about this if you haven't heard it already. Uh, From Wired Magazine writer Matt Burgess, you need to turn on Apple's new stolen iPhone tool. With iOS 17.3, it introduces stolen device protection to iPhones which could stop phone thieves from taking over your accounts. And you need to enable it right now. From this article, it says Apple has launched a new tool to help reduce what a thief with your phone and passcode can access. It's called Stolen Device Protection. It adds extra layers of protection to your phone when someone tries to access or change sensitive settings on your device. If someone tries to get to your passwords, stored in Apple Keychain, for instance, they won't be able to unless they also use a fingerprint or the face recognition to prove they're the legitimate owner. Now, we know, we see it, People get their phones stolen all the time, and in some of the most extreme cases, the bad guys can take the passcodes either forcibly or, for some reason, it's a big thing now. Peering over someone's shoulder and seeing what they punch in—I mean, I, I, I have both, and I use Face ID and I use a passcode. But when they steal it, if it's they can do the passcode and unlock it, and that's that's still something that they can do, obviously. However, uh, you know, when they and when they get it, they can mess with your social media accounts, your passwords, financial data—all that they can get to. But with iOS 17.3, we now have stolen device protection, which I'm excited about. And, uh, again, this should be high on your list to enable this. protects your data. Um, the The move from Apple, according to cybersecurity experts, is a positive one and adds to the protections that already accompany passcodes. Stolen iPhone protection is likely to act as another barrier to put more pressure on thieves, targeting victims, says Jake Moore, a global cybersecurity advisor at security firm ESET, and a former police computer crime investigator. Selling iPhones will always be big business among organized crime groups, but criminals will just need to work harder on their craft now. So when you turn this on, it puts extra limits on some settings when your phone is not at a familiar location like work or home or a place you regularly go to. Someone unlocks your phone, say they take it, They unlock it. They go to their bad guy den or wherever they're at, their hideout. They uh, start trying to change these settings. It's going to force them, never mind that you had the passcode. You're going to have to use Face ID or Touch ID, whichever one your phone uses, to to make those changes. So they may get your phone. They may punch the passcode in and get into it, but they won't be able to change any of those things. Now, if they know where you live or know where you work, different story. Now, if a thief has your phone and passcode, they won't be able to change the settings unless they have your biometric information too, which is not straightforward to clone and fool the systems that power them. So, these extra checks will appear when someone tries to um, access passwords or passkeys you've saved in the iCloud keychain, use payment methods saved in Safari, Um, they won't let you turn off the loss mode, it won't let you erase your phone, uh, use your phone in the setup of a new Apple device or apply for a new Apple card. And it can't let you go in and view your Apple cards, virtual number or make any kind of transfers. So with iOS 17.3, if you haven't done this, download that. I did. It takes a second. You go into your, um, face ID and, and and passcode settings, boom, go in there. You'll see it turning on stolen device protection, turn it on. Then you're good to go. I haven't tried it, like giving it to, or, haven't gone someplace that's not home, work, or a familiar location. I think I'm going to do that though. I'm going to give it, probably test it tomorrow, go out somewhere, and then start trying to change some of the passwords and see what it does. See if it makes me, um, makes me have to do face ID to to make that work. So use it. It's good. Another another good thing Apple's putting out, and this is one of the reasons I'm a big big, uh, big Apple fan. All right, guys, that's it for this week of Current Speak Unleashed. Thanks for being here. I hope you enjoy the show. I just like chatting, like talking about stuff. If you enjoy it, send me an email, currentspeakunleashed at gmail.com. I'll get back to you as soon as I can. And um, again, thanks for listening. I'll see you guys next week.